Well, praise the Lord. I have a very um, short wedding that I did last Saturday in Celina in the middle of the snow. This crazy couple decided to get married at the park. And the pastor that she has scheduled kind of bailed out. So me and my wife and the twins, we got to Celina last Saturday. And uh, I celebrate the shortest wedding in the history of mankind because it was freezing. And I just went, you do and you do, and, and we get done, you know. And, but I was, um, I was uh, so surprised to see that they, they want to go through it. And it was just one of those things that you do as pastor, you know, you just serve, and that's what God has called us to serve. And um, I'm going to move a little bit because I cannot see the, um, there you go. I'm going to go on Luke chapter 5. Um, I'm sure, though, I'm going to have the passage there, 1 through 11. Uh, I'm going to do a very short devotional. It's called Let Him. And... Um, Brother Carrello said that um, the theme is uh, the Great Commission of Matthew 28. And it says that go to all the nations and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he promised to be with them. And that's just the assurance of Jesus Christ to be with us all the time. And so he um, kind of said, you know, you want to stay in the theme about the as we go in the Great Commission. So I went to look fire, and I said, I don't know if this is going to be in the theme or not, but um, we'll try to put this together with the theme, okay? Um, the, the reality is that you will never be able to give what you don't have. So if you want to be a, an evangelist, if you want to be a missionary, if you want to be somebody that we would like to go and, and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, I know the college have you know, mission trips and, and, and opportunities for evangelism and for do missions. Uh, you only be able to, to, to provide or to give away what you have. And the most important thing that I can have to give you guys today is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when you go to a mission trip, I hope you build the schools and I hope you clean the towns and I hope you do whatever you want to do. But my hope and the hope I believe of the Father is that when you go on your mission trips and when you take evangelism to the streets or whatever that you're going that you will preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's what changed the hearts of people. And that was happens to me. I'm from Colombia, South America, and my life used to be a very different life. And now I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I used to have a life when I count um, bags of plastic full of $20 bills, you know, and do some crazy stuff in my life. And now um, I remember through my ministry, sometimes me and my wife, we were able to, or we were needing to count quarters to you know, be able to buy the gallon of milk. Life changed completely in our life, but um, coming to my Savior and coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and changed my life completely. And now I went, I went back to my country, Colombia, after 12 years that I, was, I wasn't able to go because we robbed a bank and we did some crazy stuff there in Colombia. So my past is really crazy. But now I'm a preacher, and I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I will not change my life for nothing. 
And the story that I, that I have for you guys today is probably your story or my story. And it goes like this. And I'm not going to even read the passage because you guys know the passage. I just want you to put the Luke 5, 1 through 11 there. And this is what the Bible says. Bible says that Jesus is coming to the shore with Peter and two of his guys are just cleaning the nets. They went through a whole night of trying to cut some fish. Nothing. They were probably tired. They were probably ready to go home. They were exhausted. They were frustrated. Um, and then this man just showed up. His name is Jesus. And then he, um, he just asked Peter, I believe. He asked Peter, hey, can I get into your boat? And, and then he started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then to the multitudes. And then, and then he has this crazy request to Peter and say, let's go fish. And Peter say, well, you know, you've been, uh, you're a preacher. I'm a fisherman. We've been doing this all night. It's not working. But if you say so, we're going to do it. And you know the story. This is so much preach. We preach this all the time. And I, I heard it before. You heard it before. We preach it so many times. But, but the Bible is so so uh, generous, so profound that you always can find something uh, that is applicable in our lives through any passage of the scriptures. And that's what I want to do today. So, Father, I just want you to open the hearts and prepare the minds. And I'm just asking you, Lord, that you will help me to, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, you will erase me completely. Just take me aside and just allow the Holy Spirit to be the teacher this morning, and all the glory is for you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm a three-point preacher, but I'm going to break the rule today. So I'm going to do three and one more thing, okay? So, but I'm, I'm just going to be very cautious on the time because I'm, I'm also going to the cafeteria and have lunch with Carello today. So and get all that fabulous food that you guys get in your cafeteria. Number one. The title of the devotional today is Let Him. Numero uno, number one. Let Him in your boat. First thing is that you have to allow Jesus to get in the boat. The boat is a typology of your life or my life. The boat was the most precious thing that Peter had. I mean, it was his provision, it was his life, it was his passion, it was his profession. It was everything for him. He was a fisherman. I mean, he take care of that boat, he cleaned that boat, he repaired that boat, he put money on that boat, he put time on that boat, he put effort on that boat. When he went home, he talked to his wife about the boat and to his children about the boat, and he talked to his friends about the boat. The boat was the most important thing he has. That's our lives, you know. That's our time, our efforts our sacrifice, our passion, whatever you're doing with your life, that's your boat. Well, the first thing that I see here in the passage, because we're talking about missions. Well, before we even think about going in missions, we need to load ourselves to what we're going to give up when we're doing missions. And I don't know what you want to provide on your mission trips, but I hope it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been all around the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've been in the jungles of, of Colombia. I've been in Israel. I've been in a lot of places preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is always fruit. You know, there is a lot of people that they don't want to listen to the gospel. There's a lot of people they will reject the gospel. But there is always one there that is ready to accept Jesus Christ. And that's the reason we do missions. 
because we want to fulfill the Great Commission. Well, but the first thing that I see here, because Peter, Peter is there in Matthew 28. Peter is one of the recipients of that Great Commission. But I want to talk about the beginning of this great disciple that went and evangelized. I mean, after the Holy Ghost came, he, he, he preached for 3,000 people got converted that day. You know the story. I don't have to get into details. You guys know your gospel. But this is amazing because the beginning of his ministry, his discipleship, this guy is a, just a common guy, uh, just a normal guy. And, and that just made me so happy because then I believe people choose people like you and I. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be important. You don't have to be... A politician, an intellectual, a philosopher. You don't have to be somebody important and have some money and have a bunch of educations. You just have to be willing to. And Peter was just a common man cleaning his nets, just a fisherman, a man with not too much education. And Jesus just said, what's up? And I don't know what, what was the words that Jesus, that Jesus used to ask permission. Maybe he just went like, I don't know. I mean, the Bible doesn't say so, but I like to get in the passage. That's the way that we, we call that expository preaching. I want, to, I want to leave the passage. Peter is there. He's frustrated. He's cleaning the nets. And then this guy shows up. The multitude is coming behind him. Peter is looking at him. This guy is just saying something about the Lord, saying something about the good news. And then he goes like, or he goes like, Peter, may I? Can I? Puedo meterme a tu barco? You know, whatever. Oh, by the way, when you get to heaven, you're going to find out that Jesus is a Spanish, but just at a different time. So it's good that you're practicing Spanish now. First thing, let him in. It's an invitation. That's not what Romans 10 say. The word is near to you. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that you believe with your heart that the Lord resurrected him from the dead, that you shall be saved, that all those who call unto the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. That's not what the gospel is. For by grace we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not that something that is of us, but it's a gift from God. So the glory will be for the Lord only. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's what Paul said. That Christ died for us. That he was buried. That he resurrected after the third day. That he appeared to 500 and more. That he ascended to heaven. That he is sitting at the right hand of the Lord and that he is coming back for his church. Somebody has to say amen to that. Amen. Woo! We got one amen. So the first thing is, you have to let him in. It's the invitation of the gospel. You know, I have a program in Facebook every morning. It's called Cafecito con el Pastor OG. I drink a cup of uh, uh, coffee every morning at 9 o'clock. It's in Spanish, so I'm sorry. You have to learn Spanish. It's the universal language. You have to learn Spanish. And it's the heavenly language. So I drink a cup of coffee every morning at 9 o'clock, and I spend about 30 minutes, and we're in the second book of Peter talking about false teaching. They want to bring so much, false, so much false teaching right now in the churches. Uh, salvation is Jesus and this. Salvation is Jesus and that. Salvation is Jesus and this. You have to wear these clothes. You have to do this makeup. You have to celebrate this thing. You have to do this thing. You have to eat this way. You have to walk this way. You have to. Salvation is grace through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the resurrection, and the life. He who believes in me will receive eternal life. That's basically the gospel of Jesus Christ. He died for my sins because I'm a sinner. I'm, I was depraved. I was on my way to hell. I was selling drugs. I was hurting people. I was doing all crazy stuff. Then he came to me and said, may I get into your boat? 
Hello? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the million-dollar question here is, have you led Jesus in the boat? Number two, you know, I don't preach long. You know that. Number two is in the test. The Bible say, I don't say, the Bible say, we as preachers, we don't come with our own interpretation. When we do training for preachers, when we go and do conferences and leadership conferences for the, for the preachers, this is what I tell the preachers, and people just laugh at me. I say, you pray for the test, you read the test, you talk about the test, and you shut up. Now, you didn't hear it. You guys are too quiet. I'm going to go to this side. You pray for the test, you read the test, you explain the test, and you, and you, that's it. All that I think, I feel, I got a dream, I got a revelation, I, I got a new thing for you. I, 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 I doesn't count in the kingdom. It's his word. It's his revelation. It's his gospel. It's not my gospel, my revelation, my thing, my feelings, my emotion. I have a dream. I have a new revelation. Have you heard the, the new false prophets? Oh, I have a prophecy for you. I have a revelation for you. Your tent is being extended. Prosperity is coming. Woo! And everybody's, woo! The gospel is an invitation to the person of Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the repentance of the sins, the confession, because we need a Savior, because we were going to hell, and then he come into our heart and he give us eternal life. Have you allowed Jesus to get into your boat? Number two, the Bible say he came in and he sat down. I'm still in the test. He sat down where? In that boat. Well, number two, because a lot of people say, yes, I want Jesus. I, I want Jesus to come. And, and Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know, the Jesus, Jesus of today. Yeah, I want Jesus, and I love Jesus. And da -da -da. But not too many want Jesus to sit down, because when he sit down, he's taking possession of the boat. You know, my son Johnny... Poor guy, he is a Cowboys fan. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not going to be invited again. Anyway, he called me. He lives in Wichita, and he said, Dad, can I go home and, and watch the game? And I said, son, mi casa, tu casa. For a little bit now because he's grown, so he needs to go. and do it. Anyway, mi casa, tu casa for the Cowboys game. And he's coming, and, you know, we have this food and all that stuff. And he got tired a little bit before the game because we went to church in the morning. We have a, a big feast, man. Would you 6,300 enchiladas, uh, 4,000 chile rellenos. I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. Anyway, it was a great feast. So we went home. He's tired. And this is what he said. Dad, I'm going to go to your room and lay down. You know, we have a six-bedroom house because I have seven children, but I only have two at the house right now, the twins. And we have two of, the red, two of the rooms in the first floor. So there is four rooms upstairs that are empty. So the twins sleep in one room next to us, and me and my wife of 27 years, by the way, we sleep in the same room. Okay? Until they do us apart. Even sometimes I just want to chuck her and send her over there quickly, but... Please don't put that on the social media. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to send her to you. But anyway, 
were preaching a marriage conference on this uh, on the 11th of February, and um, the title of the marriage conference is is Yes, I do. Oh man, I, I, if I if I'm gonna start talking about that, I'm I'm just gonna lose my track in the message, so I'm just gonna leave it there. But yes, I do. You know, you remember? I, people just yes, I do. Oh yes, I do. And and then years later, when anyway, we've been there for 20 years, and God has been good to us. Ups and downs, crying, and and I haven't killed her, and she hasn't killed me yet, so he's good. Anyway, so. Let him sit down in the boat. That's the principle of ownership. He, he wants to sit down because he wants to take possession. So Johnny told me, say, Dad, I'm tired. I want to go and lay down. So he went to my room and lay down on my bed. And you say, Pastor, what that has to do with the message? It's very simple. Johnny has total access to my house because he is my family. Johnny is just not a man that I can just, you know, have you, have you, have you, somebody knock the door of your, of your room or your house and you don't know who it is and then you open the door and you go like, yes. Okay, but when you know that person, when that person is family, what do you do? Come here, man. And I don't know if, if that person is like you, but I'm, I'm going straight to the kitchen and open the refrigerator right away. Any house I go, I say, what's going on? We allow, we must allow Jesus to sit down in the boat. Not only give him access, but give him total access. Are you here with me? Because we cannot be, what I'm trying to tell you is that we don't want a, an, an emailing relationship. We want a dwelling relationship with Jesus. That's not what the gospel say. My father and I will come, if you love me, you obey my commands, and then my father and I, we will come and we will dwell in you. This is intimacy. This is not a, a, a distance relationship. You know, this is not like going in the internet, eharmony.com, and, you know, no, 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 yeah. No, no, that's not the relationship that Jesus wants. Jesus wants a relationship when he can come to your boat and sit down and have full access and total access and can ask you questions about, and what is that? And, and what is you know, we want Jesus to just stay in the living room. Because maybe there is some dirty stuff in the main room. I don't know if they're going to invite me again. Maybe the reason we don't want him to sit down, maybe the reason we don't want him to come in completely having full access to Jesus Christ is because some things that we feel ashamed on it. Hey, you know what? The Apostle Paul, not me, the Apostle Paul told the Philippians in Philippians 1.6, he said, I am persuaded, I am convinced that he who began the good work in me will finish it until the date of Christ. We are a work in progress. I'm not no perfect. I mean, I'm not selling drugs anymore, but I'm not no perfect. One amen, two, three, four, five. Okay, we're good. We are, we're fine now. So first thing, you let him in. Second thing, you let him sit. Let him sit. Take possession, full access. Number three, I'm still in the test. Are you showing the test? Why are you not showing the test? Okay. There you go. Number three. Then he say, hey, Peter. Let's get the boat into deep water. We're going to do some fishing. And Peter say, I'm a fisherman. I know what's going on here. You don't have no clue because you're a preacher. You're a carpenter. 
I'm a fisherman. I got all the experience. And that's what we tell Jesus sometimes when Jesus wants to drive the boat. You got it? Número tres. Número uno, déjalo que entre. Let him in. Número dos, déjalo que se siente. Let him sit. Número tres, déjalo que maneje el bote. Let him drive the boat. Hello? It's very simple. The gospel is very simple. Peter say, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I got news for you. Sometimes Jesus is going to speak to you and it doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for me to answer that phone call for that poor lady that the pastor bailed out on her and say, she said, Pastor, we got all the, the gas, we got the K, we got everything. I know it's zero degrees and I know it's snowing and I know you're driving from Lions, but please come. And I said, I'll be right there. And we were there and in, oh, I don't know. My wife said it was seven minutes. I think I'm going to be on that book. What's that? The Guinness Rick, whatever you call that thing. Shortest wedding ever. Pastor Gomez. Do you? Do you? Yes, let's go. Bye. Jesus will tell you things that don't make any sense. Like what? Like love your enemies. Woo! Hello? Go against the currents of the world. Stay clean. Separate yourself. Guard your heart. Keep your mind away from all these dirty things. Live a life that will glorify and magnify the light of Jesus Christ in you. I'm telling you, I'm not no perfect, but I'm a very different man than I was before. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are gone. Everything is made brand new. That's the Gomez version. Brand new. Nuevecito. Like a brand new car, you know, when it smells like new. What are you looking at me? You got a good chaplain. He has a good heart. It's a very good heart. Let him in. Let him sit. Let him drive. That's the that's the most difficult part. Well, Jesus, yeah, you're in. Okay, sit down, but I drive. Have you seen those stickers on the bumpers? Jesus is my co-pilot. Take that away. Put one that says, Jesus is my pilot. I'm the co-pilot. Because when I'm the pilot, I want to take Jesus my way, and my way is not the way. His way is the way. Man, that's a big revelation right there. My way is not the way. His way is the way. That's a big relation. That's, that's a tweeting thing, right? That you can tweet that thing, right? But I'm going to break my own rule about the three-point preaching. And I'm going to add a fourth thing that is in the test. What happened here? Well, Jesus is selecting this man. Jesus is, is pulling this guy out of his business. And Jesus showed him that if Peter hired Jesus as his GPS guy, as his consultant, he will end up with a great fish company. I mean, can you imagine having in your boat, have you seen those programs of those guys that goes and get shrimp and all that stuff, and, and they have all this equipment, and, and the equipment show them where they are, and they just throw the nest, and sometimes the nest come back empty. Have you seen that program? I know you have. Well, Jesus will never say to you, 
throw the net and fish are not there. He will always, you can count on him. Can you imagine a fisherman like Peter saying, because this is what Peter probably was thinking. I said, I need to hire this guy. This guy needs to come and work for me. Man, we're going to make billions of dollars because he's coming into my boat. I allow him. I give him plenty access. Now I'm going to let him tell me where my boat needs to go. And we're going to have a lot of Benjamins. You know what Benjamins are, don't you? Oh, we love those Benjamins in the packet. We do. Some, you know, because Benjamins don't sound too much, but they're good. Quarters, they sound too much, but they're not that good. Anyway. What's the fourth thing? Well, after Jesus showed him what he can do, with his life, if he let him in, if he let him sit down, and if he let him drive, Peter is ready to hire these men and say, we're going in business together, my way. And Jesus has a new, a very brand new announcement for Peter. Peter, you're not hiring me. I'm hiring you. But there is one thing that you must do before I can hire you. I'm still in the test. Oh, finally, you put the test. Okay. They forsook. Is that how you pronounce that? Is that right? Or that's Spanglish. Forsook. Forsook. Preach. Okay, good. My wife, if my wife was here because she goes to me when I preach, she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because I preach with an accent. I know never, you, no, none of you never noticed that I have an accent. No, you didn't notice that. But I do preach with an accent. I don't think with an accent, but I preach with an accent. So, what's the fourth thing? It's in the test. You want to hire Jesus? Or you want to be hired by Jesus? If you want to hire Jesus, then you keep the boat. You give him access to the boat. You let him sit, you let him drive, and you make some money, and you get popular, and you get rich, and you fulfill all your things, and my dreams, and my passion, and my plan, and all my, 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 my things. But that's not what the gospel says. If you want to follow me, you deny yourself, you carry your cross, and then you come and follow me. He who wants to preserve your life has to lose your life. You have to die to yourself. So what is the teaching here? After you let him in, and he sit down, and he drive the ball and show you what great things he can do, then he asks you for the most hard, difficult thing to do. Let the boat go. I'm still in the test. I don't know how the conversation went. I don't know what Jesus said. I don't know how Jesus said it, but he said, maybe after Peter said, we're going in business, G. G for Jesus. I mean, they were like bodies. No? Okay. It's, it's the Gomez version. We're going, in, we're going in business, G. And G say, no, we're not. P, we're not going in, G, we're not going in, B, in business, P. It's a JP conversation. They say, I'm not going to work for you. You're going to work for me. And we changes the nature of the business. And Peter say, how that can be? We can be successful if we do it my way with my boat. And I'm the one doing the thing. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, but we cannot do business like that. But I have a proposition for you. If you let the boat go, I'm going to hire you. And I'm going to make you a fisher of men. 
And that's what missions is all about. That's how you go into the mission field. You go with the mind and the heart to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But the only way that you can do that is when you let the boat go. Hey, I'm not saying that you have to give up your dreams, your career, you know. We prepare a lot of pastors. And this is what I heard from this, this, some of these young kids. Pastor, I'm just going to quit my study, and I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to go preach. And I say, don't do it. Especially if you're married, you have a boy and a baby. He who does not provide for his family, deny his faith. Don't do that stuff. Don't be irresponsible. Get a job. You know, I got a, a test from a guy in Mexico that we're planting a church. He said, oh, pastor, I'm, I'm ready. I got 10 people in my church, so I'm going to quit my job. And I said, shut up. What are you talking about, bro? Still working. You have a family to maintain. Preach the gospel and work. Okay. Don't give up your dreams. Don't give up your career. Finish your studies. Go and get your master. Fulfill your dreams. But if you want to go on missions, if you want to start catching men, if you want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is some things that you must let go. There is a part of your life that you must sacrifice. There is some time that you're going to sacrifice. There is some money that we're going to sacrifice. We're going on, on, on four, four trips in the month of March. I got four places to go. I got Cabo San Lucas. I got um, uh, Gaimon, Oklahoma. I got Guatemala. And I'm going to a place called Hoyaba that is like eight, hour, eight hours from Guatemala City. And we're putting finances. We're putting time. I'm walking away from my family. You know, all these things from my business. Well, I want to go and catch some men. I want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I have to make myself uncomfortable. And there are some things that I want to do that I won't be able to do because I want to go on the mission field. And that's okay. I don't know. I'm done. Because remember what I say. You pray for the test. You read the test. Explain the text, and you shut up. Would you please stand with me? We have to be done by 53? Or oh, 50? 50. 58? 58. We got 10 minutes. Huh? 48? Man, you changed it. You told me 58 the first time. Okay. Have you led Jesus in the boat? Don't answer me. You answer that question yourself. You repent of your sins. You invite Jesus Christ into your heart. And he's, he's, he's ready anytime. You tell him, I'm sorry. Live alive in sin. Messed up. I'm here. I repent of my sins. I heard the gospel. You are a God of mercy. Please come into my heart. Clean my life. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. And just walk me through. Let him sit down. Let him take possession of the boat. Let him drive. Let him drive that boat. Even when it doesn't make any sense. But most important of everything. If you want to really be sold out for him. And have an amazing fish. And catch all these souls for Jesus Christ. Let the boat go. And follow him. Let us pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. 
I thank you for your Holy Spirit in this place. I thank you for the worship, for the preaching. Thank you for the teaching, and I thank you for the fellowship. May this word, Lord, be in their hearts and in their minds and transform and change their lives. And I'm all, all I'm asking you, Lord, is that you will be fruitful, as you say you will be every time your word is preached, and that somebody listen to that word today and allow you to come into their hearts and to sit down and to drive and to just deny themselves and follow you. The glory is for you. Your name is glorified. And I preach in the name of Jesus Christ and the people of God say, Amen.